Welcome back to Over Here, the podcast from Outside in Music. My name is Nick Finzer, and today we are chatting with Danny Jenklo, alto saxophonist and composer based in Los Angeles. And he has an album coming out this Friday, October 20th. And if you're listening in the future, this is the year 2017. So you're going to want to go on your favorite streaming services and search Danny Jenklo Elevation to hear some of his amazing music. And Danny was very honest and thoughtful, sharing the story of his new record and sharing his thoughts about developing as a musician, developing as an artist, and taking time to cultivate his music and cultivate his influences into a unified artistic statement. And uh, it's a very interesting conversation. He talks a lot about his influences and talks a lot about what created Elevation and what inspired him while he was living in Philadelphia, while he was going to school with uh, his mentors, Terrell Stafford and Dick Oates, and a lot of really interesting tidbits in there. So I know you're going to enjoy this conversation, and please check out Elevation. Uh, Today we're talking with Danny Jenklo. He's got a great album coming out this week, uh, October 20th. Danny, thanks for being here today on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure, Nick, and thanks for having me. Uh, really excited to be putting this record out. Um, it's my debut full length, you know, first, first go at a, at a, at a, a real full original album and, um, really happy that, uh, outside in music, um, and Nick Fencer helped me put this record out, uh, 2017, October 20th, it's being released and, uh, couldn't do it without you, Nick. Thank you very much, man. Oh man, it's my pleasure. So why don't we kind of back up to the beginning? People are going to check out your record on Friday, but we want to know a little bit about who you are and where you came from. So kind of tell us, you know, where you where you're from, where you grew up, and how you got into playing the saxophone. Well, um, I was born in California, in Tarzana, California, and I was raised um, in a really nice area of California outside of Los Angeles called Agora Hills, California, and in this pocket outside of Los Angeles, I was really lucky to be around, raised around studio musicians, um, such as, you know, Dan Hagen, some of the best, you know, best ever studio musicians that were super legit on all their instruments and can sight read and can play all their doubles super well. And so I was, I was around some really heavy hitters from a young age, just happened by happenstance, geographically speaking. And, um, there, you know, Dan Hagen's son, went to the same school that I went to Jake Higgins and we, he was the first piano player I ever actually played with. And, um, and, uh, so we, we got off, you know, we got off to a nice, a nice relationship and Dan really helped me get a lot of stuff together. And, um, John Mosley helped me in high school tremendously. He was the, the high school teacher at the time and he was throwing stuff across the room much like, um, What's that movie, Whiplash? It kind of reminded me of, of John Mosley. He was a very passionate, older um, African-American man who was, who was very passionate about Duke Ellington's music. So I learned a lot while I was in high school and middle school, you know, like really, really just hanging out with the right educators and the right, you know, I was around a lot of great upcoming, you know, musicians that were my peers as well. I mean, that went on to do incredible things. So I was I was very blessed to be, brought up in sort of this burgeoning like fountain of like creative thinking that was somehow in the middle of a suburb of Los Angeles, you know what I mean? And, and it was really happening. And, um, 
we were very serious about learning the music of, you know, the, the greatest com- jazz composers like Duke Ellington and, you know, Benny Carter's arrangements and Count Basie's arrangements and Thad Jones. And so I was off to the right foot and I really loved the music and it really bit me when I was, especially when I was like 14, 15, I started listening to Coltrane and, and, um, and Cannonball when I was like 12, but it didn't really hit me. It took me years to understand about sound and about the love that goes into this music, the spirit, um, and the passion that, that these, these masters played with and, and the, the, the masterful technique behind all of it. So it really took a couple years before I really got bit by the bug. And once I was like 16, you know, I was, I was playing a lot of tenor at the time. So I was checking out, you know, everyone, you know, from, from Dexter to Hank Mobley to, you know, uh, Lester to Coleman Hawkins to Ben Webster to, um, you know, just all the, all the greatest, you know, improvisers, you know, on, on tenor. And that really helped to, um, it helped, it helped to give me some more insight onto the language while I was still at a very young age that like, you know, I could really absorb it. And then when I got to college, I was able to be mentored. This was uh, a very big, another very big blessing. Uh, I met Terrell Stafford when I was in high school, and Terrell Stafford took me uh, under his wing to to an extent and got me a full scholarship to go to Temple University. And uh, you know, I was extremely humbled that that they wanted to bring me out there and 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 take that risk on me because they had never given a full scholarship like this before. And um, at the time, the program at Temple University in Philadelphia, um, it was it was good for a state school. It was a good Pennsylvania, Philadelphia school, but it wasn't on the map like it is today. And I'm really proud that I that I had something to do with the growth of that program. Um, when I went there, it was Dick Oates, his maybe his second or third year teaching there. Terrell Stafford just brought him on full time at the at the time, and this was in 2007. I got right right out of high school. I was 18. I went to Philly, um, left the the beautiful warm temperature of California, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and decided to freeze my butt off uh, back east and and really learn the music and um, studying with Diggos and studying with Terrell and Tim Warfield out there and all these incredible musicians that that were a part of the Philly, the Philly scene. And, you know, I went up to New York to hang with the Vanguard jazz orchestra almost every week and catch shows at Dizzy. So I was able to really be a part of, um, the East coast circuit. And it really brought a lot. I mean, talk at that point in my life, that's exactly what I needed. You mm-hmm. know, I needed, I needed, I needed to shine light on, on what it is that I was actually learning, you know, and, and getting out of California and getting, getting back East for four years, and learning from the masters, essentially like learning from the, the, the only people that I think, you know, have really learned the music themselves to such a high level that they could just talk about it as if it was like, you know, um, you know, they know how to break it down. I mean, you know, Dick Oates, you know, as complicated as and as it, complex as his playing is he sure knew how to how to mold great players and i saw him and i still see him do this and i've seen him for you know for years and that's why i admire him you know he knows how to mold great players out of exactly what they're made of and not try to change 
you know, who they are at the core. And I think as an educator, that was really important um, for me to pursue somebody that wasn't going to try to change who I was and how I played, but just try to elevate me to the next level, you know, and which brings me to, you know, this album, you know, Elevation, you know, it's like, uh, you know, my mentors did a lot for me to, to bring me to a place where I could understand the music. And, and, and there was a point in college that I started composing. Mm-hmm. And when I started composing, um, I had a record in mind, you know, that had pretty much all the same people <laughs> that are on this record. <laughs> so I was able to, you know, it took me years while, while I was in college to, to get my writing chops together. And then outside of college, I continued writing. But, you know, this record is really a culmination of, of many, many hard hard years of working on my on my playing and writing and um, developing as an artist to a point where now that I'm 28 years old, I'd like to make a statement, you know, with my own original music. And I feel that this is a time to really um, put this record out and, and just release it and, and allow allow it to do what it does. And um, I'm really excited about it. Um, the record features some incredible musicians and I'd like to, well, I'd like to thank all of them. Um, but I also like to list them. Um, this is a special album for me because I got to use a lot of mentors. I got to, I'm sorry, I got to record with a lot of mentors on this, on this record, not used because they, (laughs) nobody (laughs) uses anybody in the music industry. That's a hard, that's a tough word to say. Um, but I got to, I got to work with some of the best, um, I think some of my favorite musicians that I've, that I've had the pleasure of playing with uh, were all on this record. And some of the best music that I think I've created up until then, which was recorded a couple of years ago, but this was, these were really, really um, powerful moments in the studio and, and, and huge learning experience uh, for me as a leader and as a, uh, as a recording artist as well. Um, so huge thanks, huge thanks to um, John Beasley, uh, and a big shout out to John Beasley's new record with Monkestra. Um, we cut uh, a new record last year, and it's Volume Two Monkestra. It's out now on Mac Avenue Records, it's getting a lot of great press. And uh, it was just John's birthday yesterday, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah, two days ago. It was Monk's birthday and John's birthday. So big shout out to him. Um, Eric Reed played piano as well as John and John also produced a, a few of the tracks as well, like half the record. Um, but Eric Reed played on, uh, I'd say five or six tracks. So a good, a good, good portion of the record. There's 10 tracks. Eric Reed played some incredible, incredible piano on this record. And I, I as a mentor on stage, um, he's given me, you know, a lot of wisdom and uh, i'm really blessed that he was a part of this record ben williams came and uh and played some bass and this was really special to have ben in town at that time and and uh and have him be a part of this project as well um huge huge uh hero to us all um young and old alike he's a he's a monster um sam barsh also was our third piano player but he was mostly playing synths and um played some organ and he added a lot of really cool colors to this record that only he can add. <laughs> um, Nick Mancini played some vibes, amazing vibes player out here in in, in Los Angeles. Uh, Jesse Palter, who's coming out with a record soon, 
on Mac Avenue, uh, sang on a couple tracks. She, she was beautiful and, uh, really added a lot with her angelic beauty in her voice. Michael Mayo sang on one track at the very end, Serene State of Love and, and destroyed it. He's a upcoming vocalist out of New York city. Well, originally from Los Angeles, but he's great. Um, a really phenomenal vocalist. And then, uh, last but not least, my two favorite musicians that I, that I owe a lot to on this record. They're, they're, great friends of mine and also um the core of the band i'd like to say that's uh benjamin shepherd on bass he played electric bass and an upright bass on on some tracks um and he just he really came through and this was one of the first recording sessions we did together and it was phenomenal um and jonathan pinson who's an up-and-coming he's my brother and he's an up-and-coming killing drummer on tour with kamasi washington and uh and uh get a lot of Hexelman and a whole slew of other guys, Dana Stevens. So I'm really proud of John Pinson. And, um, so this record is coming out October 20th. I hope that, you know, you guys get to listen to it. Uh, it features 10 tracks, mostly original music, one cover. And, um, you know, we're really, we're really excited about it. And, uh, it's, you know, it's been, it's been a, a long time coming. So really happy to finally release it to everybody's ears. <laughs> Yeah, and so let's dig in a little bit more about the record. So it's called Elevation. Sure. And uh, so what's kind of the overall overarching theme? I know you've got a great trailer for the the record that's up on YouTube. You guys can check that out. Just go to YouTube and search for Danny Janklow. But um, tell us a little bit about the inspiration and story behind the album and putting it together. So I've been I've been really, um, it, you know, it comes from a few different places. I've been, I've been really inspired by... Um, well, philosophy and, and, and obviously what's going on right now in the world and, and, and sort of just trying to be a, a, a force of good, you know, mm-hmm. so to speak, you know, and, 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 and I, I try to do my research when I listen to music and when I hear, um, where people are coming from, like not like on a deeper level, uh, uh than just the, the notes and the rhythms of the music, you know, when I listen to Coltrane, like, you know, I mean, he, he was absolutely being like a positive force in the universe, you know, and sometimes that took being, you know, maybe a little more, you know, risky and a little more, you know, um, grungy, you know, in order to, to translate the messages that he made. But either way, I've, you know, I've, 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 I've really studied like what it is to, to try to uplift, you know, the human spirit through art. And a lot of that came from me actually checking out art itself. Um, so I've checked out a lot of, you know, artists, I used to go to the Philadelphia Art Museum every single, almost every single day. And I would study all, all their exhibits there. I would take notes. I actually took a few art classes in, in college. So this, this record is not only just inspired by, you know, music in general and what, and my love for music and my love for, for jazz and, and original, you know, music with improvisation, but also strangely enough, it's, it's coming from a place of being inspired by surrealism and, and, and studying surreal surrealist artists that, um, have taken like inspiration from reality, just much like we all do. And then sort of almost like purposefully, like take it apart and distort it just a little bit, um, to a sense that either they get something darker or they get something more beautiful out of the reality that they're, um, 
sculpting or the reality that they're uh, uh, dissecting or, or, you know, recreating, so to speak. Um, and so that's, that was sort of what I, what I wanted to do, to do with this record. And it led me to an interesting place of when I created the cover art, I wanted to hire, uh, you know, to, to commission uh, a surrealist artist to paint the cover of, of the record. And, um, so Jessica Volpe, uh, painted the cover of this album, um, inspired by the music, inspired by the story of, of, you know, me being inspired by <laughs> surrealist art and as well as, you know, just sort of, um, you know, the, the love and the passion that, that I, that I try to have for, for researching and, 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 uh, getting, you know, a higher power out of playing music and, and writing music and, um, whatever that is, whether it's a spiritual thing, whether it's a, it's, it's, it's a, a faith thing, but elevation to me can mean a lot of things. And, um, today I think we all just, we all just, <laughs> I think we need a, a, you know, a mindful elevation in this day and age. And, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, the record was recorded two years ago, but I think it's still, it still has a lot of messages that, that, you know, that, that won't be forgotten as far as, you know, love and, um, and tranquility as well as, you know, there's a, there's a sense of urgency to this record as well that, that, you know, everybody's playing with a lot of fire. So I think that's necessary in today's world as well, musically, as well as, you know, um, you know, just to make a statement that's heard in this, in this world in 2017, um, I think the record will, will, will definitely stand up on its own and really, and really, uh, present something that hasn't been presented before. Um, and you know, so we're, we're, you know, I'm excited for it. And, and, uh, I think that you guys will really enjoy it. We put a lot of, a lot of creativity and heart and soul into the making of this record. And, um, again, October 20th, it's, it's finally happening. So there it is. <laughs> So I know you're doing a lot of stuff. So I know I think maybe this week or soon you're going to – are you playing some of the music from the record in L.A.? Yeah. Um, great, great call, actually. I'm um, doing a few gigs coming up um, while, where I'll be playing some of this music um, a, a few times in L.A. before I, before I leave for a tour. Um, well, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll state a couple gigs that are happening um, soon. Um, this weekend, I'm playing at the Rhythm Room with my trio. Sam Barsh is going to be playing on it, uh, and Anthony Fung. That's a free gig downtown LA, uh, but this won't be posted in time, I hope. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, but uh, my, um, Wednesday, my band, the Elevation Band, will be playing at the Federal Bar. Uh, that's Wednesday the 18th, two days before the release. We'll be playing a lot of this music, pretty much all of it, um, and having a really, really fun time. Um, also uh, of note, uh, the official release in L.A. Uh, is scheduled for um, November 29th. Uh, so a couple a couple weeks from now, uh, let's see, like six weeks from now in L.A., make sure to come by. Eric Reed's on the on the release date, um, as well as John Pinson and, and Benjamin Shepard and Nick Mancini and Jesse Palter. So we got the whole recording, or most of the recording band, and it's going to be really really special night um so wednesday the 29th of november where's in that los angeles be? the blue whale oh awesome that's the blue whale yeah so it's we're gonna spot. have a really fun yeah it's the spot in la <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Awesome. So why don't you, what else are you up to? You, I know you mentioned you're going on tour pretty soon. I know you said you work working mm-hmm. with John Beasley's Monkestra. So tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. some of the other projects that you're involved with. So we're, so we're finishing up um, Monkestra. I mentioned earlier, uh, we released a volume two on Mac Avenue, which was the follow-up to volume one, obviously. Um, and uh, that was a Grammy-nominated album uh, in a couple categories. So we're hoping this year that um, that John Beasley's Monkestra will get Grammy-nominated for this record. Uh, and uh, we're finishing up his tour. We're going to SF Jazz this weekend, uh, playing the, the big, beautiful room that that is. Uh, and, uh, and the audiences there are always great. So looking forward to that. Um, and then I'm going to be hitting the road uh, off to Eastern Europe for about three weeks with um, the lovely pianist, uh, Japanese pianist, um, Keiko Matsui. And um, she uh, is... It's a very interesting project, actually. She she hired me for this before she actually met me. Um, so I got hired for two 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 gigs, two two separate travel dates. And the first one was in Seattle, and it was a nice run, and it was great to meet her and work with her. But um, this one's going to be entirely different because we're going to be in Eastern Europe and touring with a full thirty three piece orchestra. Oh wow! Um, on every gig, so. So it's going to be huge concert halls as well as like a huge orchestra backing us up. So it's going to be pretty intense. Um, so we're going to be doing nine shows in 18 days over the course of uh, four different countries in um, Eastern Europe. And then I'll be coming home and then I'll be playing uh, up at the Black Cat in San Francisco later in November before my my release date. So this is what I'm doing in the meantime. <laughs> uh, the release date uh Sorry, the release date is October 20th, but the, the, the L.A. date is November 29th. And in between then, I'll be in San Francisco uh, November 15th through 19th with uh, some amazing cats at the Black Cat. Black Cat in San Francisco. And that's with Eric Reed, Graham Dechter, Kevin Canner, and Mike Garola. And it's going to be a swing and trio. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that, the holidays. And I hope you guys, I hope you don't forget about the record and picking one up and hopefully giving it to your loved one <laughs> over the holidays <laughs> yeah man but uh, well, I, and i think stop, i got stopping what's that i was gonna say just a couple more questions and i'll let you get on with your day but sure. uh, um i think you know as uh, someone like yourself who's spent time on the east coast and the west coast i think for all the musicians listening could you kind of give a perspective about like what it was like coming to the east coast and you know studying and getting that vibe and then going back home to LA and California and being in the scene out there and as opposed to moving to New York and kind of that. Well, that is a very interesting question because that can really, that can really go on for a long time. I'm going to try to sum it up, sum it up. Um, I think it is really important, Nick. I think, I think you're very, you're very spot on with, with the fact that there is a quite a bit of difference culturally in the music scene, um, between the, the West coast, um, music scene and the East Coast music th- scene, and I think what I what I do completely a hundred percent support with young musicians would be at least going to make sure that you hang out on the East Coast and check out what's going on, whether it be in New York or Philly. Just just go back there and and spend some time, whether it's like a week in a week you know, once a year or like, you know, just be a part of the scene, go hang out, check out what the music scene is in, in New York, in Philly. I haven't gotten really to 
Boston too much. And I, I do like DC scene, but I've heard Boston has a nice little scene. But, you know, go hang out in as many, you know, East Coast because the local scenes, especially in New York, but, you know, the local scene even in Philly was so rich for me. It wasn't even just going to school in, in Philly, uh, going to school, going to classes that really gave me insight. It was, it was going to hear, you know, Byron Landham and, and Oren Evans and all these, like, these scene guys that were like, you know what I mean? You know, like <laughs> yeah, these, totally. Philly, these Philly scene guys that like, I would have never really gotten that, you know, I, I saw something, you know, if like, if you really want to, if you really want to like know, you know, if you really want to know how something tastes, don't just, you know, don't just read about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Go and eat it. You know what I mean? And like, that's what it felt like to go to Philadelphia after, you know, wetting my appetite for many years learning this music and then going to Philadelphia and hearing like the real some something about it was so much more real than anything that I had ever experienced because it was in the culture you know it was like in the the community it, it was the community like they lived and breathed jazz like over at Ortlieb's in Philadelphia I remember I just stayed there some nights until like three four in the morning playing with like some of the greatest musicians, you know, that, that never, that nobody knows about, you know what I mean? Sure. And like that, and that was, that was my experience. And, and, you know, and in New York, it's the same thing, you know, like when you go to New York and you, you hang on the scene and you get to know some phenomenal masters that maybe don't have gotten their, their credit or maybe have, but to some extent, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that, is that, there's a lot of people that are living and breathing the music outside of um, the West Coast scene. And to go over the East Coast and, and drink that Kool-Aid for four years, you know, it really, it really helped a lot to build who I am and uh, give me something of an inspiration to take back or take with me wherever I go. So I... I I can't even stress how important it is to to go and explore, um, especially the New York scene. And, you know, but for me, the Philly scene represented like, you know, a place where I could really be included, you know, at a young age with seasoned masters. And and so going to school and studying with Dick Oates and Terrell Stafford and all these incredible musicians, Bruce Barth, Luis Bonilla, shout out to Bone Players. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But like, you know, these guys really gave me a lot of fuel to like, to like go for it for the rest of my, you know, rest of my days, you know, and now, now I'm working with people that also continue to give me that fuel and passion. And, you know, and a lot of it is also self, self motivated too. You know, you can't, you can't rely on anybody to, to, you know, to kick your butt these days, you know, cause everybody's got a lot on their plate. So I'd say to young musicians, if you really want to, if you really want to kick it up, you know, to the next level, make sure you spend some time outside of the city that you're in. You know, if you live in Minneapolis and you, and you play on the scene there, get your butt up to New York or get, go over to Chicago or go over, take a trip to LA, you know, get, get out there and start and start putting your name out there as well as getting the experience of playing with musicians that, have different things to say. And that's, that's what New York was from, you know, New York and, and Philly, like being in those cities, having, having connections to those cities gave me a lot of insight onto what is it that you want to say with your music? And that's the bottom line. 
to me is like, yeah. what are you saying through, through your music? Whether you're going to, if you're going to release an album, if you're going to play a solo at a jam session, what are you saying? You know, what, what is it? What does it mean? Because everything is notes and rhythms, you know, I mean, technically this entire conversation we had is notes and rhythms, but what we're saying is entirely different than the notes and rhythms. And I think, um, that's what making a, uh, making a beautiful musical statement on an album is to me. And, um, you know, luckily I had the right mentors to show me that that's what music really, really is for. It's not just for, you know, it's not just to win an award. It's not just to, you know, get written up nicely in, in a magazine. It's, it's to, it's to hopefully enlighten people for, 50 or 60 minutes on an album if they listen all the way through, which is very, <laughs> very hard to do these days unless you have a physical copy of the CD. But, um, yeah, stream, you know, streaming, streaming is, you know, it has, it has messed with people's attention spans, but if you can make it through this album, I highly guarantee it. Um, it's thousands of hours of, of love and <laughs> love and, and, uh, and hard work. So, Thanks again, Nick. I really appreciate it. Elevation out October 20th. And uh, Nick Fencer and Outside in Music, thanks again for uh, this wonderful interview and um, and for listening to the story. Appreciate it, Nick. Yeah, man. Thank you. And uh, you wrapped it up so nicely for me. So uh, <laughs> so that's Danny Janklow. Elevation out October 20th. And Danny, thanks for chatting today. And I'll let you uh, get on with your day. Thank you, Nick. You too, man. Have a great week. All right, have a great tour, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, man. Bye-bye. So that's Danny Jankelow talking about Elevation out October 20th, 2017 here on Outside in Music. And this has been Over Here, the podcast where we explore all things music, including our artists, their records, and a lot of the things that they're interested in. So if you haven't checked out our website, outsideinmusic.com, to see all the cool things that are happening, please do that. Go back. There's lots of episodes of Over Here so far and our two other brand new podcasts that are out on this same channel. So subscribe on iTunes. You can hear Extended Harmony with Dan Gross and you can hear Behind the Backing Track with Jose Hernandez, two of our newest podcasts. And we're always releasing new music and uh, artist profiles over on the YouTube channel. So if you haven't gone over there yet, go ahead and subscribe to those channels so you can see all the cool things that are happening we're sharing what's happening here in new york and around the usa with the jazz scene and even branching into some international releases starting in 2018 so you want to get on board now share it with your friends and thanks as always for listening and we'll see you guys back here next week